All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Well, a tremendous Thursday afternoon. It is game day. How are you? Welcome to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Coming to you live on Oilers Nation YouTube, where subscribers keep growing. We love it. Almost at 18,000, so uh, keep it up. Hit the subscribe button. Win all sorts of fun prizes every now and then. Just for uh, listening in, you get into the uh, chat. You can see the show and all its uh, glory or lack thereof, depending on uh, how you look at it. Is the uh, Jason Greger Show. We're coming to you live from the EWL studio, E-W-E-L for all your electrical needs. And not just helping you with electrical. You want to set up your projects to be world class? Well, they can help you out, E-W-E-L dot C-A. Uh, on the show today, man, we got an unreal show for you. Uh, very excited to have 12-time Emmy Award-winning producer Paul Camerata on the show. He, he's, uh, you know, have you seen the show NFL Icons, NFL Films? Like, they do, like, those, you know, hour-long kind of a documentary about a player. And I was watching because I got to a sneak preview of the the one they're having coming up on Charles Woodson. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, I forgot just how good Charles Woodson was as a player, man. It was amazing. Obviously, he's the, uh, uh was the first and only defensive player to win the Heisman. Um, he's a defensive player, got a lot of picks, kick return touchdowns, ended up playing offense uh, at Michigan. He was a heck of a player, man. You remember his, uh, defensive, uh, rookie of the year for the Raiders had five picks, including a, a few pick sixes as a rookie that year. And then also, and we'll we'll get into uh, Paul about it. They talk about the Tuck Rule game, and I just watched the highlight again of that play. What an absolute farce! That Patriots Super Bowl is the biggest joke of Super Bowls. 
There is no way that that's not a fumble recovery. Are you kidding me? Oh, that was brutal. Brutal. As you watch it again, man, in the snow. Oh, painful. I'm sure I can imagine how, what it'd be like, how many takes do they have? Charles not swearing. Cause I could see him being uh, rather fired up for that. So, uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, also Bronte will buy Terry Ryan. Oh, TR has had a tough day. I'll let you, I'll let him tell the story, but, uh, TR had some things that nobody wants have happened to them. And it uh, happened to him today. So uh, that's coming up at uh, three o'clock. Uh, Brett Severin will join us, uh, preview the Dallas Stars. Of course, the Stars winners 4-3 last night in Calgary. They take on the Empton owners tonight. Third game in four nights. Jake Ottinger, he was really good. Stopped 43 of 46 shots last night to get them the win. And uh, no Jake Ottinger tonight. Scott Wedgwood will get the uh, start in goal. Dallas comes in. I asked Pete DeBoer about their power play. Their power play is two for 27. But... That's 8.7%, by the way. But their net power play is actually minus 4.4%. Minus. Because they've scored two power play goals this year. They've allowed three shorties. But here's the thing. They're 6-1-1. They're dominant right now at 5-on-5. And their penalty kill is excellent. They've only allowed two goals uh, to opposing power plays. So the order's power play, which by their standards isn't where they want it to be. It's 24%, which is decent. But when you've been 29% for four years, that's a pretty big drop. So we'll see. And the big thing, the orders, shots on the power play this year, the amount of shots they're taking is lower. Not not massive amount, but lower. The orders, the last three years, have been the number one team in the NHL in shots per 60, like shots per power play. They're the best one. Currently, they're ranked 16th. So expect the order's power play. I know McDavid was out two games, but that's, you know what, that's two games. You got other good guys figured out. They went one for eight. Uh, I look at the orders. I expect their power play to kind of get rolling here. Uh, Their penalty kill would be nice if it could get rolling. And what's unique about their penalty kill is they've allowed, well, against Calgary, they allowed two power play goals. Two power play goals in the final second of the power play. One was actually at the exact end of the two minutes. DeHarnay got a penalty at 11.38. He gets out at 9.38. They scored at 9.38. Still a power play goal. The first one, it was a five on three. All right, and then uh, the one second left in the penalty. There was another one earlier this year that they allowed with one second to go. So you can say, hey, the penalty kill's good for the first minute 59. Because that, that would change if those three goals don't go in with a second left. Their, their penalty kill percentage looks good. I still don't think it's good enough. And I'm not giving them uh, an out. I'm just saying that illustrates to me that their penalty kill, hey, it's the full two minutes, man. You you can't let up late in a penalty kill. That's three goals. That's a pretty big difference. So... Their penalty kill, even though the Stars' power play is struggling, Pete DeBoer said, "You know what? I've liked it. We're just not scoring. We're getting good chances. I think we're gonna we're we're getting close. So the last thing you want to do if you're the Edmonton owners tonight against a team that's a little fatigued is give them any life. The one advantage the Orders have had all year over Dallas: first period. Dallas has scored four first period goals this year. 
They've been outscored two to one in the first period. The orders are tied for the, the fourth most power play goal, or sorry, first period goals in the NHL with 12. It's the one period they're outscoring the opposition. Pete DeBoer even said today the first 10 to 15 minutes tonight is where, you know, we know Edmonton's got a lot of energy. We have to be able to kind of hold through. If you're Edmonton, you got to get up to elite and then don't do what you've done in other games, which is get crushed in the second and third periods. Be no score 12 7 in the middle frame, 10 to 3 in the third, and then 1 nothing in overtime. So after the first period this season, the Edmonton Orders have been outscored 23 to 10. Not good. So we'll uh, say, hey, uh, you, you can't change the past. You got to be aware of it. And I expect the orders to be better. It is the Jason Greger Show, as always, presented by our title sponsor, PlayAlberta.ca, where, of course, uh, lots of NHL uh, games tonight. Uh, can the Leafs hand the Bruins their first regulation loss of the season? You got some uh, NFL football on Thursday night. If you want to go to lots of little prop bets, you can do it all at PlayAlberta.ca. I'm Jason Greger. Connor Halley is here. You can always get involved. You can text us at 833-401-1440. And, uh, Cons, I know you're a huge, uh, you know, Paul's coming on. Uh, you're a huge NFL guy. Uh, the NFL icons, those NFL films, which ones are, were some of the ones that you've watched? Cause I know you love the NFL. Any ones that stand out to you? Yeah. Icons is fantastic. Uh, football life is another one that's really good. Uh, I, I kind of like the guys that I didn't get a chance to watch, right? Okay. Like, so going back, like you mentioned, uh, Charles Woods, and I, I'm quite familiar with his career. Uh, loved the guy when he was a Packer, despised him when he was a Raider because he did a lot of things to the Chargers. Uh, but anytime I get a chance to watch the episodes of some of the greats that were before my time, whether it might be a Jim Brown or a, a Singletary, uh, even Jerry Rice, because I got Jerry Rice playing for, you know, the end of his time with the Raiders yeah. and then the Seahawks and that little stint with the Broncos. Like, learning about him with the Niners, the things he would do was really cool. Walter Payton, uh, the hill in it that he had installed so he could get that extra work in. Those are the ones that I really get into. And then even if you go back to, you know, Joe Namath, those ones were guys that I, you know, you only hear the stories about them. Just seeing how good yeah. they were in their time. Those are the ones that are really cool to me. Well, we might have to sit down with Tyler Ramchuk. He can watch the Jim Brown one. <laughs> right. Uh, that one's fantastic. So I'm really, look, yeah. really looking forward to talking to Paul about that. Raider Jesse has <laughs> uh, text in in all caps. <laughs> Tell me about it. Uh, in reference, of course, to the uh, Tucker. I couldn't imagine being a Raider fan in that game. Like you just think you won the a playoff game, like you're going to and, and you lose that? Oh I could see, man. Like if we talk some of the most devastating losses, as much as the like the Steve Smith, that's just an unfortunate you know, play. But it's not one where the other team like Edmonton still had thirteen minutes to go. But this one is you make the play and then the refs decide to review it and overturn it. Oh my god. Goodness, that is brutal. Hey, Gregs, have you seen the trailer for the new Barry Sanders doc on Prime? Bye bye, Barry. It looks dope from uh, Hot Eat Cool Treats. Barry Sanders, I think, as a player, and Connor, you just talked about it. Like, did you? Barry was kind of right. Be a little before your time, you watch a little bit of the late Barry Sanders the last few years? You know what? I, I can't claim to see any Barry okay. Sanders. I got into the NFL big time in around 2000. Okay. And he was done in 98. Yeah, so okay. I missed out. So you just, but have you seen like footage of like Barry oh, Sanders? Yeah. 
I, I know when we talk greatest running backs of all time, I think Barry Sanders is my. I know Jim Brown and you know Walter Payton, but Barry Sanders was unreal. And when you go back and watch the film, like his yak yards, his ability to turn something into nothing was utterly amazing. Because and they were a terrible team for a lot of those years. Like they, he didn't have a lot surrounding him. He is unreal. I remember we had Lomas Brown on. He's uh was a like left tackle yes. for them. I yeah. play, I think he won a Super Bowl with the Bucks in 2002. Anyways, over those Raiders. Uh, I don't mean to rub salt in the wound there, but he talked about going and watching film after the next day. <laughs> and like so they would just laugh. Like he'd be back in the backfield 5 yards. I'm going to reverse field and take it, you know, 60 to the house. I I wish I could have seen him play. Yes, like Barry was the best I should say this. He was the best big play running back. I think I've ever, well, not I think, that I've ever seen. And and I've seen lots of footage of other guys. I don't know if anyone can compare just as far as a big, big place. Hey, Greg, are you surprised Skinner is starting? No. Um, I thought earlier I said, hey, you could go with Jack Campbell. It's his former team. But Jack Campbell had a 42-save victory over Nashville. You go with Skinner today, and then Jack Campbell plays on Saturday. Even if Skinner pitches a shutout tonight, I'm playing Jack Campbell on Saturday. I don't want your backup sitting out that long. So that's what I'd be doing. I don't like to me, whether he played Thursday night or Saturday afternoon, remember it's a matinee game. I have, uh, I have no issue with it uh, whatsoever. So um, it, it makes sense. You know what? Skinner is their guy. So get him in a little bit of a rhythm and away they go. So he, uh, he's had a, he had a slower start, but his last three, four starts have been really good for, for Stu Skinner. So uh, I, I have uh, I have no issue with it uh, whatsoever. Hey guys, whenever I think of Barry Sanders, I just wish he could have played on a good team. He is the goat. He is pretty good. Hey guys, having your Remchuk do live commentary on the Jim Brown episode would be epic. Yeah, who is that guy? Well, how am I, why am I supposed to know? Oh, that's still one we have lots of laughs about that one. I'm not sure Ty still laughs about it as much as we do, Connor, but uh, <laughs> we laugh about that one quite a bit. Yeah, listeners of the very good memory. When you think of Detroit, though, I mean, not only did they do that to Barry Sanders, but Calvin Johnson as well. Guys who just were unbelievable at their position, Hall of Famers, never had a whole lot of team success. Uh, that's another one for Calvin Johnson. I wish at one point in his career he could have gone somewhere oh, else. Megatron, yeah, he was good. So uh, the Edmonton Orders tonight, they're going to go 11-7 and seven again. Um, uh, you'll see DeHarnay as the number six defenseman, right? Uh, you're going to see uh, Broberg for me. Like, I know a daily face-off, they got Broberg in the third pair, but trust me, it's DeHarnay. Um, he's playing ahead of Broberg. Uh, Broberg, to me, is uh, is right now, he's kind of the number seven. DeHarnay's earned more ice time, and it's early in the year, team's struggling, you've got to play the guys that are playing better. It's just how it goes, right? They saw Adam Ernie. Trust me, Adam Ernie's not the guy who's the problem for the orders, right? I think we all agree that's fair, but... He goes down. So uh, Sam Gagne comes up, and tonight Sam Gagne will make will make Edmonton Oilers history. He is the first player in Oilers history to have three stints with the franchise. He'll become only the thirty eighth player in in, in the hundred plus year history of the league to play for the same organization three times. Uh, there's been seven players who have done it since two thousand and six, since the lockout of two thousand four five. But here's the other one that's unique about Gagne. So Gagne, this is, he, he, his first season was 2007-8, and then he went 16 seasons in between, and now he's back with the orders. 
That is the fifth longest stint between your first time with the organization and starting your third time. Patrick Marlowe went a ridiculous 22 years. <laughs> Crazy. Um, also, you had uh, Luke Robitaille, Terry Sawchuk going uh, 16 and 17 years, or 17 years each, excuse me. And then uh, Mark Recchi went uh, 18 years between his first time in Pittsburgh and then starting his third tour of duty with the uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, you know what? To, something unique you don't see very often for a guy like Sam Gagne. And here's the other thing about Gagne. I know there's some people say, ah, you know what? He's done. Remember this. Sam Gagne, he had uh, surgery, tore both the layer in his hips, and he had surgery to repair both of them. His mobility is way better. He's, he's pain-free. He had mentioned, you know, the, like the last few years, like he had to limit his training time and, you know, staying on the ice afterwards just because of the pain. Now he has none. Feels great. Sam Gagne had eight goals in 48 games in a bottom six role in Winnipeg. Now, pro-rate that, that's like 13 goals. 14-goal season, man. I Sam Gagne's got some offensive chops. Right? He's not... I'm not expecting Sam Gagne to light it up by any stretch. But if Sam Gagne can chip in 10 goals for you in the bottom six, you're fine with that. You're actually quite happy with it. Again, you know, I'm not sure. I don't think the orders when the playoffs begin will have both Ryan and Gagne in the lineup. That's what I'll say. I just, you know, two smaller right wingers, neither one overly fleet of foot. So I think that's that's going to be the competition. Tonight they'll start as the 10th and 11th forwards, and, you know, we'll see who rotates in and gets to play with them. But uh, that's what the lineup's going to be. Looks like McLeod's with Brown and Holloway and the uh, top two lines. No reason to change them. McDavid, Drysaddle, and Fogel. And then you have Kane, Nugent Hopkins, and Hyman. Uh, Nurse with CeCe, of course. Uh, Broberg is back with Ekholm. On the other side, for the uh, the Dallas Stars, who come in with a record of a 6-1 and one and are uh, playing quite well. Not a lot of changes there. They've, they've played every game with the same six defense. Suter and Heiskanen, Harley and Hockenpah, uh, Lindell and Lundquist. Wedgwood will be the goalie tonight. Up front, Rupe Hintz with Pavelski and Robertson. Uh, Johnson with Dadanoff and Ben. Duchesne between Sagan and Marchment. And then Sam Steele, the local product from R. Drossen. Then I know Shirt Park, but he's an R. Drossen kid. Uh, and then Smith and uh, Delahandra will be the uh, fourth line. Radic Faxa is out. Uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, 12-time Emmy Award-winning producer. We're going to talk all about producing these great, iconic sports films that many of you have seen. That's coming up next. Welcome back. Thursday edition of the Jason Greger Show. Also, huge shout-out to the Sherwood Park product. Whew, what a game last night. Uh, Brandon Byro. Now, he did play a first NHL game uh, a few years ago, but uh, it was his first game of the season last night for the Buffalo Sabres. And what does he do? Pops a pair of Genos. Oh, pretty cool for him. You know what? Uh, he's grinded it out, uh, went undrafted, played for the Spruce Grove Saints, and he went and spent four years at Pennsylvania State University and just kept getting better and better. Then, uh, you know, signed with uh, Rochester, right? He did get into an NHL game in 21-22, one of them. Uh, then spent uh, the, the last two seasons in the American League. And then uh, got recalled and uh, made the most of his opportunity this year. Like, that's something, you know what? You get in the NHL, you score two goals in a game, no one can ever take that away from you. So uh, there's a guy who's 25 years of age, been grinding it out, and uh, got the call and then scored two goals last night. And his first one's on Carter Hart, who uh, I'm guessing they played against each other. 
at certain times growing up. So uh, has to be, hey, you score in the NHL on anybody, it's a thrill. But score two in one game, whew, good for him. So the uh, Byron family probably pumped up, man. All his buddies in Sherrod Park and uh, former teammates in the Saints. They got to be loving that. It's good times. Now, let's get to our big guest today. We're really excited about this. Uh, brought to you by... Silent Rides Charter Company, Alberta's premier bus charter company with state-of-the-art motor coaches that will safely take you or your group to their next destination. Go to silentrides.ca. And uh, our next guest is a 12-time Emmy Award-winning supervising producer and the showrunner of NFL icons in 20-plus years at NFL Films. He's created a broad spectrum of documentaries and feature content uh, with a storytelling focus on the intersection of football, history, and culture. Paul Camerata joins us. Paul, welcome to the show, my man. How you doing? I'm doing great, Jason. Thanks for taking a few minutes to talk NFL icons with us. Appreciate oh, it. Dude, you I appreciate the fact that you gave me uh, access, a little sneak preview. Um, I have yet to watch the Singletary one. I will be uh, later on tonight, but I did watch the Charles Woodson one. I know Singletary's coming out first. And man, I, I, I don't, I'm watching it. I'm just like, oh my God, I forgot how good this guy was. Like, I love these type of films as a sports fan because it takes you, like, it reminds you of, of everything they did well. Like, you know, we might remember one highlight here or there or, or a career, but we kind of forget the great moments of these great players. Yeah, I think that's that's part of the fun of putting it together and one of the really the joys, to use that word, I, I mean, I, I truly mean it, of this partnership we have, we have with MGM Plus because they have such a great interest and love for the archives and the history, and we like to think we have the, uh, the archives to, to match that passion and, and uh, hopefully surpass it because these figures are guys we've been filming at NFL Films going back 50, 60 years. I mean, the first episode of season three was Jim Brown. Yeah. Um, so he played in the 50, the uh, 50s and 60s uh, as an NFL player. And so we go back 60 years of what we've been documenting and to create a fresh film that's really been that long in the making is a unique opportunity. And to your point, we have the ability because of the format they give us to really dig into these stories and not to not include the, the memorable moments, uh, the ones that are sort of the, the, the bullet points that might be at the top of the Wikipedia page, but often to go give the origin story of that moment or the thing that the consequence of it or connected to another portion of, of that subject's life. So we're able to really stretch our legs as storytellers and use those archives to uh, bring you back to what you remember and hopefully be revelatory as well and tell you things that you've never heard before. Paul, you've won 12 Emmys, so obviously I think you know what you're doing a little bit here. But if you look over your career and kind of how have you evolved as a storyteller? How, you know, how do you feel you, you get better as a storyteller? What do you look for now that maybe you didn't in your first few years? I think it's, it's like anything in life as you age yourself and you have different experiences. Your eyes and your ears and your heart kind of changes to what, what pulls on them and okay. what interests them. And the spectrum of those things gets broader as you get older. So I think I probably have a different appreciation for maybe a guy's story where it's the portion about raising children while he's trying to be an NFL player. Or in this case of Singletary, his his unbelievable relationship with his wife Kim, who he met at Baylor when he was in college, was such a big part of his life throughout to the extent that he made her his uh, – he invited her, I should say, to be his presenter when he was enshrined in yes. the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Just just the first time ever a spouse had done that, a testament to, to their relationship. But I think you, again, you sort of develop, you realize the different challenges that a guy had, and, you know, it sort of elevates his greatness 
because you understand the broader experience of another person, I think, when you, uh, when you kind of live and in, in walk different paths and have different experiences yourself. So you've been, you know, you've been working with NFL films and now it's uh, NFL icons and, you know, you've, you've done a lot of these over the years, Paul. And, um, is it a challenge when, cause everybody has their own story, but you want to make sure that you tell stories in a different form, right? It can't just be, okay, now I'm going to take, you know, uh, project a, and here's a linebacker and we'll tell his story. And then we'll go get the receiver. And I know they all have different stories, but you have to find a way to tell them in a different way each time. No, 100%. I think that the beauty of this series is, look, we're, we've done 20 episodes. When we, By the time we finish season three here, that's what we'll be up to, 20 in the can. And there are certain stylistic elements of the series that are through lines throughout uh, in the visuals and some of the, the music, the, the sound. In fact, our sound mixer is a, uh, a Canadian native from the town of Courtney in British Columbia. Okay. The great Gary Winger. I think he's actually got some family in Edmonton. Um, but the, the stylistic elements can be the same. But we, you're right. We do customize the story to what each individual, uh, what his path was. Um, and I think the elements, how you know, the number of interviews, the era in which he played is always a function of that. And again, I go back to Jim Brown. The coverage of a player in the 50s is a lot different than it was in the 2000s. Right. So just as, as filmmakers, it gives us different raw materials to work with. And then certainly the events of the person's life guide it. You know, Jim Brown, again, heavily involved in the civil rights movement. Um you know, his interaction with, with Muhammad Ali uh, versus, again, like a, like a Bill Cower is a guy who grew up in the shadow of, of Three River Stadium uh, in Pittsburgh. And he's it's really a hometown kid story made good. So there's just there's obvious tentpole events and parts of their journey that as long as we lean into those, you know what? Those, these guys kind of wrote their own scripts. I mean, that's what made them icons. So we have good good fidelity to that. You know, we end up with. Uh, unique films in each case, but again, we're able to, as filmmakers, craft them in such a way that the series kind of sticks together from episode to episode. You look at, and obviously, you know, the names for anybody who hasn't watched the series yet, you can go back and watch all the episodes, of course, starting in, in 2021, Jerry Rice, Marcus Allen, you know, uh, Emmett Smith, and we just go down the list, like Walter Payton, you know, some of the all-time greats of the greats, Paul. So was there one that you've done now that's your favorite? I would say I've been the showrunner for all 20. The John Madden episode actually was also the, the co-episode producer. So, um, you know, I get to I get to oversee them all but, and work with very talented filmmakers. But that one I got to uh, put my hands back in the clay and edit and write. And so that one I was, was pretty close to at the time. Also did it with a teammate of mine, Ryan Kelly, who I came into films with 20 years ago. So we've been longtime colleagues. So just, again, like any any collaborative effort, the, the experience on the team is is always as memorable as the as the actual you know product you're creating. So I think that Madden one and and the other thing about that one, he was so much a part of my childhood in terms of the games I watched coming up watching football games. Him and Pat Summerall. Yeah. So I had a I did have a, a personal experience of him, but then to use that as a foundation, but expand upon it. And again, you dig into this research. It's almost like taking a college course on a subject. You really you know if you do a if you do a class on a particular author, you end up reading the, the the greatest hits and also, you know, the obscure things that people don't even know. That's kind of what it's like making a film like this. You really get to get into the corners of these guys' lives and, and learn about details you never knew, even if you think you knew them when you started the process. So I think that Madden one uh, checked a lot of those boxes for me. Uh, 12-time uh, Emmy Award-winning uh, producer uh, Paul Camerata joins us here. Uh, and Paul, I, I, I like having different guests on the show uh, because, you know, everybody wants to be a sports athlete. 
at some point in their life, and then maybe they realize quickly they just don't have the God-given athletic talent to do it. But there's really other, there's many other ways, you know, broadcasting, you know, to get involved in sports, and and you're heavily involved in it. Can you give us a little bit of your background on, you know, what what education you took? How'd you get uh, to where you are now? So I, the only thing that I <laughs> that reflects my journey and what you mentioned in terms of that athlete you were just describing is that I always loved sports as a little kid. Yeah. And yes, did have the experience of realizing I was not going to be the athlete, <laughs> but always loved reading writing about sports, even just on my own time. Like I had this, this draw to sports storytelling. I didn't even think about it that way. I just would, I I guess I was just kind of replicating the stories I would read in the sports page every, every morning. And on Sundays, I would kind of do it on my own time for fun. So my dream was really to be a sports writer and work at sports illustrated. And, you know, I read the the guys like Frank the Ford and looked at photos of uh, photographers like Walter Yost and uh, all those, all those luminaries of that business, that's what I wanted to do. Okay. I did it you know, through high school, through college, and then really had the good fortune of coming out of college, starting to look for newspaper jobs, uh, new magazine jobs, just try, try to get out on the ground floor. And I saw a job listing at NFL Films, and the magical part was they were most interested in, in writing samples and football interests. And they, their attitude was, we can teach you filmmaking the way you know, we'd like for you to do it, but if you can tell stories – and you love football, that's the foundation. And, and fortunately, I checked those boxes and, and was able to get in at films and kind of learn how to do the rest of the craft. You know, and things that, things that were very – telling making a film really is very close to writing a term paper in many ways. But okay. I never thought about it that way. Like, it never occurred to me until someone kind of opened my eyes to it. So it became this really joyful thing because it was the thing I loved doing in terms of writing um, – but here I was again. I mentioned a photographer. Well, now I got to work with images. I got to work with music, which I'd never done before. And I got to use all the elements of films to do a different version of the thing I always wanted to do in the first place. So it was following my passion, but also a little bit of good luck along the way to uh, to have it kind of lead me into a path that I hadn't considered. So, Paul, when you're directing one of these episodes, are you in charge? Do you pick all the music that maybe you're going to go at certain times? No, I think, like I was saying, so I oversee the series, but each one has episode producers. Yes. Uh, and they do, they do the, so there's a lot of the, a lot of the, the sort of shot by shot, like the, the, the actual filmmaking decisions at the granular level are made by those folks. And then of course we collaborate along the way. Um, but, but it's definitely a team of people from pre-production through the edit and through post um, that, that puts the whole thing together. And so to your, to the music question, some of that could be done by the, the actual director who of the, of that particular episode, who's, editing the material and then sometimes we'll use we have uh, um music editors who are that's their that's their entire craft and they can supplement uh, and provide other other levels of uh, of music edit and composition and scoring to to take the film into a different direction now i would think most you know icons in the nfl would want to be part of this maybe i'm wrong on that um how do you how do you go through the process of deciding who you guys are going to use uh, each season and when you're going to use them like is is there a strategy okay jim brown's the first series the first episode of series number three is there a, is there a strategy in why he's number one and not number three in the third series in the third season for instance so a lot of the programming decisions come down to MGM because that's that's they are our partners on the um, MGM Plus. I should say they're the they're our partners on this series, and so it air the shows premiere on their channel and their uh, streaming app as well. I could tell you that they also are um, 
the shows are ending up on Amazon Prime as well this year. Yes. And so in the case of the Bill Cower and the Mike Singletary, they are cross-promoted with Bear and Steeler games that were airing on Thursday Night Football. Okay. So there's always, there's always different logistics um, that go into the programming decisions. And again, some of them, some of them we sort of know as the filmmakers and others, we just, we just sort of go along with, you know, whatever the, they do in the, on the programming side. In terms of like the actual slate, I think it's just looking for a balance, right? We knew four was a good number for, for the schedule for this year. So then, of course, we want to cover off and have a little bit of something different in each episode. So we represent different eras, maybe different positions on the field. Um, again, we have one head coach. We have one posthumous subject. We definitely don't want all, all four or in the previous season's cases, all eight episodes to have a sameness to them. We want to have sort of a nice variety um, from, from episode to episode over the course of a season. Right. And, uh, and, and that's very cool. Now, are you already looking ahead to next year? Do you guys have any ideas? And, and, and would you for like, who presents, okay, this is, this is the person we should do this year. Does someone come with a presentation? Then you guys vote on it to decide who's going to, who are going to be the ultimate uh, people focused on that season. It's always kind of just an ongoing conversation. It's like, you know, we sort of have our, our list in our drawer about, you know, who are the, who are the stories for this series we haven't done before? Or, you know, who's a great, figure we've done a film on maybe 10 years ago that it's worth revisiting because something in his life has changed. Perhaps he's passed away and there's been a new element of his history that's been reflected upon and written. I mean, Jim Brown passing in the spring right after the NFL had honored him by renaming the Outstanding Running Back Award sort of brought him, both those events kind of brought him back to uh, top of mind. Same thing with John Madden the year before. When he passed uh, the year before, we kind of immediately said, wait, we haven't done an icon film on him. Let's let's see if we can, if, if we feel like that's a good, a good, uh, a good guy to raise up to the top of the list. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's no real, there's no real one answer. It's always kind of who we're talking about and, um, and you know, w- what kind of makes sense. Again, once we start plugging in one guy, who do we surround him with to sort of round out the slate? Now, is there anyone that you personally would like to say, okay, you know what? In the, in the coming year, this is somebody I'd really like to have on. It's uh, a great one. I mean, there's so many, there's so many because to your point about all of them being a little bit different, you know, I look at I look at a guy like Lawrence Taylor, who we haven't, we haven't done one with, who's clearly like you know <laughs> as iconic as they come in terms of a player, but also the story his story off the field is is total, is completely epic in terms of uh, some of the adversity, but also the 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 uh, accomplishments. And again, as history unfolds and other players come into the league, you get a new lens on some of those past players. I grew up a Giants fan, so again, that's another reason yeah, that's fair. pops pops to mind for me. Um, but then I go back further. Again, I think the Jim Brown film reminded us that just because a guy played, you know, there's there's often a recency bias in some of these uh, some of these projects you see out there. You're right. And I think we love being able to celebrate history and go back in time because, again, just because a guy played 60 years ago and maybe there wasn't, you know, he wasn't ever mic'd up the way we mic up guys now, it doesn't mean his story doesn't have a lot to offer. And again, there might be elements of that story that are uniquely. More relevant now than they were before, based on how history has unfolded around us. I look at, I look at the valuing and/or devaluing of the running back position yeah. in the modern in the modern pro game, and to to hear that conversation all summer while we were making this Jim Brown film, where he was, you know, his ethos literally, I think until he uh, until he until he breathed his last, was that the running back is the most important position on the field, yeah. and and that's how you control the game. 
And, and I, you know, people think it's the, there's a quote in the, there's a bite in the show. He says, people think it's the quarterback, but it's the running back. I mean, that's how, that's why he wanted to play that position. He probably could have played any position on the field. He was such a remarkable athlete, but um, yeah, I think, I think the list goes on and on. And again, because of the archives we have, it really provides an incredible opportunity to revisit these guys and, and tell their stories to a new audience. Uh, one last one for you. Uh, you've been around for 20 years, so this one might be very difficult. But I'm sure when you sit down to start a story, by the time it's done, there's lots where you're like, wow, I didn't know that. I, you know, in all your research, you, you learn a lot of things. What, was there one or two stories and players and individuals that you focused on? Not so much on icons, but just overall. And if it's icons, great. That you were like, wow, I didn't know this about them. And this is fascinating to me. I mean, every project. Definitely every Every project. I did a film about Nick Saban, um, the uh, you know the Alabama coach, yeah. arguably the greatest college coach of all time. Did, yeah, spent a little bit of time in the NFL. His journey, and again back to kind of where we started, and you know it started out being a film about a football coach and a guy who rose to the top of his profession, but it ended up being a story about a relationship that he and his wife had and how they went on this. They grew up together in the same small town in West Virginia. You know, I think they got married when he was 20 and she was 19, just finishing college. And they really were on this journey together and were this, this incredible, this was an incredible love story that was at the heart of what sort of continued to um, propel them forward as a family. And, and that he, he had the balance with the ambition that he had to be a great, a great college coach. So I think every one of those stories opens my eyes to, you know, especially a guy like that who's been around, he's in all the highlights, you see him raising trophies, you see that side of him, you feel like you know him really well, but there's so much more to his life behind the scenes that you're not aware of that that just totally like, is mind-blowing to then weigh that against what you do know him in the public sense and see how it's just, just this this um, incredible journey that these guys go on and so much of is unspoken for. Really, a lot of their lives, really. I mean, we, in essence, we know the public part of their life, but there's so much more to them that we're unaware of, and, and these projects really enable us uh, as storytellers, and again, almost as consumers as you're making them, you become part of the audience of, of learning that story so that you can hopefully tell it in a way that's compelling to other folks. Paul, thanks so much for uh, for joining us. Uh, for Canadian viewers, Amazon Prime, is is that the best place uh, to go see NFL icons, or is there a better place? That and MGM Plus, the streaming app. If you can get that streaming app, you can see all the, the previous year's episodes, and then uh, the Cower, I believe it's the Cower and the uh the Cower and the Singletary are going to be on the app this year. Or immediate, no, they're all going to be on the app immediately. But, yeah, Amazon Prime will get you the, the past ones and a couple of the new ones, and MGM Plus will get you everything. You go either either of those apps and look for uh, icons, and uh, you'll be happy you did. NFL icons. Well, I can tell you the Woodson one was amazing. Like, I really – it was just – I had forgotten some stuff, and then there's lots of stuff I didn't know about him. And, and I just like this personality in, in, the, in the whole interview. I thought it was fantastic. So, uh, Paul, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Continued success. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate you. Paul Camerata, 12-time Emmy Award-winning producer currently on NFL Icons. I'll give you the list of some of the icons. Like, if you're a fan, and the great part about it is, like, I wasn't a fan of Michigan. I wasn't a fan of the Raiders, but I, I knew who Charles Woodson was. Obviously, I follow his career a lot, but, you know, what? like, just some of the moments that they talk about. I don't want to give away the, the, the whole film. But there are certain things, like, I didn't know how dominant, like, I remembered, but I did not know enough about his career at Michigan and what he did there and then how he broke on the scene in the NFL and then just his personality throughout it's fantastic uh, I love how they shoot these um, 
we know there. I'm a huge fan of documentaries. I don't care what the sport is, right? Like those 30 for 30s are amazing. Um, they're, they're all different different ways they've told them. But uh, here's one that uh, to me, when like my wife, she likes sports. She doesn't love sports, but she she loved this, right? Like she's like, I can get into stuff like this. Right, like still, John Tortorella is still her favorite NHL coach, based on nothing more than. Um, remember where they had the uh, the Winter Classic, and they would have the uh, they would film the two teams, and it had to be the Rangers and the Flyers, and Tor- Torts was coaching the Rangers at the time, and and they and that's when they were interviewed, and she just liked his personality. You know, he's kind of grumpy and gruff, and it was a personality. She remembered it. And she still is like, hey, uh, how's Tortorella? Where is he coaching? Right? Like she, she kind of follows him more. And that was based on that whole series. You know, those were half hour. What is it? Once a week for I think it was seven weeks or six. I can't remember exactly. But, you know, those type of films. And that's how you get fans. Because you're listening to this show right now. Most of you are diehard sports fans. Diehard. You love it. Like you, sports is a major part of your life. But when you can have somebody who's not a super huge sports fan and they get kind of sucked into the sports world and, and appreciate it because of these films, that's how you grow your audience. So it was very well done. I'd highly recommend it. So uh, check it out on Amazon Prime or get the uh, MGM+. Plus. Uh, when we come back, Bronte will join us. Sam Gagne is going to set a franchise record that I think is going to be very difficult to match. Next on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Continue on game day on Sports 1440 Live and Olders Nation uh, YouTube. Uh, hey, Jason, I've always said the NHL should try to hire NFL films to help their product. That guy would be a good reach out for Bettman to help grow the game. The NHL definitely lacks in storytelling. <laughs> There's a few things the NHL lacks under Gary Bettman right now. I think it's time for a change, honestly. Um, the the recent debacles of, of how they handled the uh the pride tape situation and really all of the you know cancer all those all those nights um the Shane Pinto lack of transparency this um decision to uh, punish the Ottawa Senators cuz what's funny is all you had to do is go to cap friendly the entire time and you would see the data off it said he had a no uh, he had a limited no trade clause it was right on their site and now you're 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 get, making them give up a f- Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. First round pick, they're punished more than Chicago was. Okay, because think about it. Think about a first round pick and how much value. Depending on, I understand, depends on who the first round pick is. But what if Chicago, when this, when they made the decision to punish them, what if it would have been you got to forfeit a first round selection? That was a few years ago. What if it would have happened to be the year where it's Connor Bedard? Think about how many million that's worth in organization. Right? There's massive. Even if it wasn't Bedard, maybe it's a second or third pick. Doesn't matter. It's worth a lot to your organization. And, you know, this, the irony of Bettman saying, well, we're really going to come down on Ottawa for not telling the truth about everything that's involved. And But then they just went through the sale process with the Ottawa Senators and didn't divulge the entire truth. And Hauer said he knew nothing about the Pinto investigation, which, by the way, has been ongoing well before he purchased the team. Uh, he did say, according to Frank Saravalli, that he knew there was some investigation, which obviously is, is this one, but... It was never given any insight into how severe the punishment was going to be. Now, and do I think that would have changed the purchase price that much? I do not. Right? I don't think suddenly he's going to go from almost a billion dollars to half a billion. Right? It wouldn't have been. Might have been five million. Which, when you're, when you're talking about a billion dollar sale price, it's pretty small peanuts, right? So why didn't you do it, Gary? Why didn't you tell one of your prospective buyers the truth? And why did you have like this this fake bid that no one ever knew? No one could ever get a hold of who this imaginary group was. Right? How's that above board? Like, I'm sorry, but it is time to get rid of Gary Bettman. From simple things, he will he will mislead you right to your face and tell, even though you have factual data in front of him, he'll say, No, that's not the case. This is how we do things. Even though you have all the stuff saying, Well, no, that's actually not true. So I'm sorry, but it's time to get rid of Gary Bettman, in uh, in my humble opinion. Uh, you know what? Hey, he served the owners well. I'm sure the owners like him. Great. Not sure if he's done great for the players and definitely for the fans lately. I just think it's time. He, the The power there has become way too much for his head, and he thinks he can just do whatever he wants, however he wants, and it doesn't matter what their scruples or morals are. We just, hey, we do whatever we want. I don't think it's the best way to go about things. When I compare him to the NBA commissioner, oh, my goodness, and it's not even close. Let's get to the oil report brought to you by Volvo Cars Edmonton, where right now stop in any model of 2023. You can get $5,000 off. Anyone, XC60s, XC90s, XC40s, the S60 models, all of them. Check it out, VolvoCarsEdmonton.com. Come as uh, we welcome in uh, Robin Brownlee and uh, Rubes. Uh, Sam Gagne becomes the first Edmonton order ever to have uh, three stints at different times for the order's organization. Uh, the 38th player in NHL history to do so. And I think it's going to be really hard for anybody else to do it, number one. And uh, number two, like Sam Gagne, he did, he had eight goals in 48 games last year. Like, could could he chip in like 10 goals this year if he stays in the lineup? And do you think he'll be in the lineup? after the trade deadline? Well, good question, Jason. And you know what? It's interesting. I wrote about Sam Gagne today, uh, as did you. I completely missed that uh, third tenure uh, angle. I thought, okay, he's coming back. Good for Sam. Everybody likes him uh, here. 
I think he's going to be better than anybody they've got uh, in that bottom six right now. Does that translate to 10 goals the rest of the season, 11, 12, somewhere in there? Yeah, maybe. Um, But I think he brings a little bump in offense, a big bump in gamesmanship and thinking the game through just because he's a veteran. Now you play more than a thousand games, unless you're not paying attention, uh, you pick up a thing or two and he's a smart guy. Uh, The other thing too, and you mentioned it earlier with the hip surgeries and feeling better than he has in some time, he was never a burner. But if he can get around a little better than he has, that's nothing but good things for the, for the Oilers. Cause look, he's always been small. He's never been extremely fast and uh, old. Well, there's nothing any of us can do about that, but I, I like, I like the uh, addition. I like the call over, uh, Raphael Lavoie, that's been discussed a lot lately uh, for many of the reasons you've talked about. Sam Gagne is perfect for this bottom six. Raphael Lavoie at this point isn't. Um, better hockey player? Yeah, down the road probably than Sam is right now. But this is a perfect situation for Sam, and they get better in the bottom six, and I don't think they're that far off turning this thing around as it is. Well, yeah, I don't think Sam Gagne is going to be the key that uh, ignites the ignition by any stretch of imagination. But if it's a small percentage increase uh, that helps in your bottom six, no problem. Um, You know, I was looking at the order's top six. They're down from last year's first eight games to this year's first eight games. The top six has scored 16 goals compared to 23 last year. So that's basically one goal fewer per game from your top six. That's a big difference, right? They can play better. We know that the bottom six has to play better. That's a no-brainer. The penalty kill obviously needs to be better. The power play, everything, when November starts tonight, uh, the orders have, they have only one way to go and it's up in the standings, you know, in production, in goals against, or lowering that. Like, so there's lots of opportunities for them to, uh, to improve and they take on a Dallas team that's been brutal in the first periods this year. They're six, one and one. Because they dominate the second and third period. But the first period, they've been outscored eight to four. And, and their coach even said, like, we really got to try to get through the first 10 or 15 minutes tonight. Like, the Edmonton owners, it's inexcusable if they're not firing out of the gate tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? They need to be all over them because the Oilers are pretty good early, uh, so far this season. Yeah. Um, yeah, use that. I mean, you, you don't want to rely on your third period scoring this year, even though they've got a couple lately. Uh, jump on this club. Uh, ba- uh, second game of back-to-back. Uh, tough schedule lately. Get in there and give them a reason to say, hey, maybe it's not tonight's not our night, boys. Uh, go get two or three or even four in the first period of, if you can. And human nature being what it is, regardless of what hockey players will tell you, if they look like it's uh, going to be an awful tough night to end this swing, uh, you're not going to get that much pushback. Let them hang around uh, and play into the parts of the game where they've been stronger than you. Maybe now you've got a problem. When you look at, like, I have, I have very little concern about Connor Brown's game. I actually think it's been quite good the last four games. He obviously looks slower, and, and I liked his honesty. He admitted, he goes, yeah, the first few games I didn't have my legs. It took me a while. Now I feel really good. And, and he was very confident. He's a guy who's not lacking confidence. He goes, hey, my hands didn't disappear. I've got good hands. 
I'll score. Uh, where do you come out on Brown? But then what about Holloway? Well, I like Connor Brown because he, he first of all, he's done it. He knows what he can do. Uh, when he says my hands, uh, you know, haven't gone anywhere. That's true. It's been a tough start. Four games last year. That's a long time off. Uh, we discussed this earlier, Jason. He looks to me like a guy who's, who knows now I'm going to be okay. I'm not going to get hurt going into corners, chasing pucks, going hard to the net. Connor Brown has shown before that he can score a little bit when he does that. He's a couple, you know, a couple times 20 goals. Don't expect that this year necessarily, but it's been a, it's been a difficult start, but you can see him getting closer. And I know people go, yeah, close only counts in horse, you know, he's going to be, he's going to be fine with a guy like Holloway. The problem is he hasn't done it before. And the longer the bagel hangs there, the, the longer it takes for him to have some success around the net, you know, maybe that doubt creeps in. Uh, he's got no physical reason uh, to not, uh, you know, be around the net and be around the puck like Connor Brown. Connor Brown, again, takes a little while to get back up to speed. This is a young, strong kid, not even in his prime yet. Uh, you, you know, take one in off the shin pad, off the butt, whatever. Uh, I haven't m- minded too much how he's played, but you need some production there. You can't have that many guys in the bottom of the lineup with zeros because when you get a little bit of drop off on top, that's where you want to talk about the depth and the guys lower down the lineup picking it up. And while Fogel's been good uh, and Hyman's been good, Kane is starting to come now. Um, Goal scoring, which people have said for a few years now isn't a problem for the Oilers, has been a bit of a problem. Oh. Not a big problem, but a bit of a problem. Well, so it, those guys need to get going. Yeah, it's definitely a bit of a problem. They're 2.75 goals per game, which is not like not even top 20 uh, in yep. the NHL. Right. And so I, I firmly believe their offense will get going. I think Edmonton's going to go on a little bit of a run here. Uh, Stuart Skinner seems to be in a little bit of a run. He'll go tonight. Uh, I assume it's going to be Jack Campbell then on, uh, on Saturday night. Uh, I don't think they want him to sit out too long. You don't need your starter suddenly starting six in a row, seven in a row like that for Stuart Skinner. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you, you got to still think about the, uh, the long term of the season. Um, the last one is Broberg. If Broberg keeps kind of humming around seven, eight minutes a night and DeHarnay's clearly beating him out for that number six spot, wouldn't it serve them better to put him in the minors for at least two weeks and let him play 20 minutes a night? I think it would serve the Oilers better and it would serve the player better. You know, he, you can't, if you're a veteran and you sit and you've been there for a while, you know how it goes. When you're a kid trying to establish yourself and you're either, uh, being scratched or you're only playing a handful of minutes, it doesn't do any good for your development. And yeah, everybody understands the American Hockey League is not the National Hockey League. And what you do down there doesn't automatically or necessarily transfer to the NHL. But go down and play. Get your legs under you. Get your confidence. Get your wind. All those things that aren't what they might be when you're playing a lot. And wait for the phone to ring. They're not going to forget about you because you're in Baco. Uh, you're going to give give yourself a chance to get on top of your game because right now, with limited minutes or no minutes, 
you're not you're not to doing yourself any favors and you're certainly not helping the team so it's a right now it's a lose lose where i think it could be a win win bronte have yourself a great thursday we will uh, chat with you on monday See you, Jason. That is uh, Robin Brownlee, a.k.a. Ruben Bronte. The uh, oil report brought to you by Volvo Cars. Edmonton coming up. Terry Ryan will join us. Oof. Now think of if there's one or two things that you really wouldn't want, now, excluding death, of course. No, no deaths in the family. But if there's just some sort of like everyday thing that happens to lots of people that you don't want to have happen to you, what would it be? It happened to TR today. Actually, a few of them happen to TR today. He's coming in rattled, really rattled. So we'll see how that is uh, right after uh, Connor Halley in a sports 1440 update. Brought to you by BIE Engineering, specializing in all the residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to BIEENG.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.